Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me And oh, how he loves us so Oh, how he loves us How he loves us like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how
I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's such a joy to again turn the studio into a sanctuary and to try to bring you a message of hope, a message from God. Thank you so very much for joining me tonight. My name is Hal Brady, and you are absolutely welcomed. Would you hear now, please, the reading from God's Word? It comes from Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you join me, please, for a word of prayer? Oh, God, thank you for this day and for this time together. We are grateful for you and for your love for us and for the opportunity we have of hearing your word and being a part of your kingdom's purposes. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, which are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And the door was shut. Sadder words have never been spoken or written than these. Sometimes our parable seems a bit far-fetched. One of the major areas of scholarly debate is whether this parable actually represents Palestinian wedding customs. But in reality, this parable does tell a story which could have happened at any time in Palestine and which could still happen today. The story of how five bridesmaids missed the coming of the bridegroom. That is still so true in our time. Jesus tells how ten women were invited to a wedding feast. Five were wise and five were foolish. The five were wise because they got some extra oil just in case the bridegroom would be late. They had extra oil. The five foolish ones didn't have any extra oil. Well, they went to bed that night, and while they were sleeping, someone shouted, The bridegroom is coming! The bridegroom is coming! And so immediately, the five wise bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The five foolish ones realized they had no oil, so they went to the five wise ones and asked for oil, but they were told, No, that was not enough, and they needed to go to the dealers to get their own oil. And so they did. But while they were gone, the bridegroom came, and he took the five wise bridesmaids, and they went on in, and the door was shut. In a little while, these five foolish bridesmaids came in, and they said, Lord, Lord, open for us. But he said, I don't know you. And then he said, Be awake, for you do not know the day or the hour. An Australian pastor told about a lighthouse that was on a bleak coast. This particular lighthouse keeper had been given oil for a month. But in a few days, some friends came along and they needed some extra oil. 
So he gave some oil to one man for his reading lamp, to a woman for her stove, and to a mechanic for his engine. Well, what happened, you might guess, the lighthouse keeper ran out of oil before the month was over. And after he did, three ships crashed into the rocks. A hundred people lost their lives. And later, when this man was being criticized for his action, the supervisor said, you had but one task, and that was to keep the light burning. These other things you did were truly wonderful, but you had but one task, and that was to keep the light burning. I repeat, when these foolish bridemaids came back with their oil, it was too late. The door was shut. As I said, sadder words have never been spoken or written than these. It's later than it's ever been before. Now, what I'd like to do is share a few things about this parable to you. First of all, we see the unexpectedness of life. The unexpectedness of life. Life is very fickle. It is very fickle. We never know what is going to happen next. And we can't have enough education or enough self-confidence to know how to handle all these things that come as surprises to us along life's way. These bridesmaids had no idea when the bridegroom was coming. All we know is that five were ready, five were not. They went to sleep. And when they awakened, the five that were ready were taken in to the party and the five that were left out never made it. It's a self-evident truth that life has many decisive moments and these decisive moments can come at any time and we never control when they come. In 2004, there was a Georgia football player and his name was Greg Lumpkin. Greg Lumpkin was going to be the tailback for this much heralded football team in terms of the Georgia success group. He was going to be the, the tailback. He had done so well in spring training, he had the best running of all the backs. But something happened at the beginning of the season and he was hurt. He hurt his knee. He injured his knee on a non-contact drill and he was out for the entire year. The coach, Coach Rick, spoke when he said, great fellow, great player. We're so sorry about this, but football is just a game where many things happen. Life is like that too. Life is just a place where many things happen. We're always surprised by the unexpectedness of life. Not too long ago, I was attending the Southeastern Jurisdiction Committee of the United Methodist Church relating to electing bishops. We were going to elect bishops for five of our Episcopal areas in the Southeast, and they would be assigned for four years. That was our task as the delegates to elect these bishops. Well, I'm sure it was a surprise to the last one elected. He was a Korean district superintendent from Virginia. I'm sure it was a surprise to him that he was elected because at one time in the election, he had fallen to 15 votes when he needed 255 to be elected. He only had 15 votes, and there were a lot of other people ahead of him, including some much more well-known folks. They were up there over 100, moving on toward the electing figure. He only had 15 votes. But then suddenly his vote began to pick up as ballot after ballot was taken. He kept climbing in the polls until finally on the 29th ballot, he was elected a bishop in the United Methodist Church on the 29th ballot. I'm sure he was surprised because when he addressed the conference, he said there's more than one kind of resurrection, and there really is. We are always surprised by the unexpectedness of life. There was a young man in the maternity ward of a hospital. He was waiting while his wife was delivering the baby, and when 
the nurse came in. He said, is it a boy? Tell me. She said, he's the one in the middle. Life is very surprising. I read about a fellow from Australia. He was quite a scholar. He dealt with the world scene. He kind of knew what was coming on. And he predicted a couple of years before the Second World War that the Second World War was coming. Well, prior to that, he decided he needed to find a safe hideout. So he began to study and do all the things he needed to to be sure that he would be safe, he and his family. So they found a sparsely populated island in the South Pacific, and that's where he was going. It was a place called Guadalcanal. Do you remember? That was one of the most bombarded islands in the whole Second World War. Like I said, life is a lot like a river. A river goes over bends. It circles through different valleys, and it rounds itself until finally it beats head on with the sea. Life is a lot like that. One more illustration will suffice. Bishop Ernest Fitzgerald told about a fellow that he thought was the happiest fellow he'd ever met. And he decided this fellow really had no reason to be happy. He had a modest home and he worked in a sawmill, but he was happy. He said he met him when he was older. And he said the man said he had come here when he was a young man way back in 1912. Do you remember what happened in 1912? Think about it. The White Star Company built a ship. This ship was going to be the finest luxury liner the world had ever known. It was unsinkable. It was on the 15th of April when this ship was 11,000 miles from New York Harbor. Suddenly, like a ghost, an iceberg came up out of the ocean and it wrecked this ship. 3,000 passengers were on board. 1,500 of them were lost. And when news of this spread around the world, everybody was sad as you would expect them to be. Except there was one man that was sad, but he also had gratitude. You see, this young man, this young Scotsman who was coming here in 1912, he was supposed to come over on the Titanic. He had booked passage on the Titanic, but he had gotten sick at the last minute. I say, well, he's not on board the ship when it sank. He would frequently tell Bishop Fitzgerald, we never know when we've had a good day. I want you to think about that, because that is true. We never know when we've had a good day. And then secondly, we see the necessity of being prepared. This whole parable hinges upon being prepared. The difference in the five foolish bridesmaids and the five wise bridesmaids was simply the fact that one of them, one group was prepared. It was the measure of their preparedness. You see, they all had oil, but it was only the wise ones that had extra oil. So if the bridegroom delayed, they would have enough oil to receive him. They were the ones that were ready. Beloved, it's simply not possible to get ready for certain things at the last minute. Think about that. It's simply not possible to get ready for certain things at the last minute. Unless we prepare ahead, we're going to meet failure and disaster. I remember an economics course I took at the University of Georgia. The day before the final exam, the professor said to us, I'm going to give you a sheet that has 30 questions. If you can answer these 30 questions, you're going to make an A on the test and an A in the course because you're going to have to answer 10 of these 30 questions, but you may answer the first 10, the last 10, the middle 10, the first 10 odd, the last 10 odd, the first 10 even, the last 10 even. You'll answer 10 questions, but if you know the answers to these 30 questions, you'll make 100. Well, I went back to the fraternity house and stayed up all night cramming for that final. And literally when the time, just before the time came to go take the test, I had covered 20 of those questions. The first 20 of them, I hadn't been able to get over the last 10. But I 
had done the first 20, and so I was ready. I went, I'd had no sleep. Now, we were just going to randomly pick up those test papers. It could be any one of the 10. But when I turned mine over, you might guess what happened. It was the last 10. It was the 10 that I had not been able to get over. Now, somehow, through the mysterious grace of God, I passed that course and that test. But let me tell you, I was not prepared, and it could have led to a disaster. I want to just say something to young people. Young people, use your time to study. It's time to study now while you're young. Some people say that the golden age of memory is between 7 and 11, but be that at its may. Knowledge is acquired. It has to be prepared and prepared and prepared. It doesn't just come by cramming. It's something that you prepare for. Let me tell you something else. Civilization is something else you don't get at the last minute. You also have to prepare for civilization. Many people have begun to realize that civilization does not just depend upon one quick battle, one decisive victory. Civilization is required over the long haul, the long pull. It's the gains that millions of men and women make as they are faithful to the purposes of freedom. These people realize that their victories are not permanent and they keep on working to make freedom possible and civilization possible. And then I, I'm sure you understand that this particular parable was written so that we might enter the kingdom of God. I believe in revelation, which means I believe God speaks. I believe God speaks. So why don't I hear him? Revelation is a two-way street. It depends on a God who speaks and a person who's ready. But in my case, it's not that God doesn't speak. It's that I'm not ready. But let me tell you something. If I prepare and get ready to experience the presence and voice of God, most of the time I do experience the presence and I become more conscious of the voice of God. You see, one of the many gifts Jesus gives us is the way we actually understand God. For instance, there's the revelation of God out there in the fields with the beauty of the flowers, far more beautiful than all the glory of other things, than Solomon's glory. Then there's the poor beggar who asks us for bread. There is the voice of God. Then there's the earthly duty within us. That's the loud, strong voice of God. All in all, when I am prepared, I can hear God's voice and I'm much more conscious of his speaking to me. And the same thing is true to you. It's the old story of the ant and the grasshopper. Let's think about this. In the summertime and in the fall, the ant is out there gathering food all the time, gathering food, getting ready for the winter. But the grasshopper, just having a great time. In other words, sacrificing everything else for the moment. But then the winter chill comes, and the ant goes back into his home, and the ant just sits there, and he's delighted because he has prepared. The grasshopper, on the other hand, has not paid the price. The grasshopper fails to realize that the best preparation for tomorrow is how we act today. The best preparation for tomorrow is how we act today. We have to be ready. We have to be ready. And then thirdly, we see that some things just can't be borrowed. We see that some things just can't be borrowed. Give us some of your oil these five foolish bridesmaids said to the five wise ones, give us some of your oil. But you remember, the wise ones didn't give it to them because they didn't have enough. They said, go out to the dealers and get your own oil. And while they were gone, they missed, they missed the bridegroom. And when they returned, the door was shut. Some things just can't be borrowed. 
Some years ago, a man came to see his minister. He had just come from the doctor. He said he went to the doctor and he heard some terrible news and he didn't know where else to go, who else to see, what else to do. So he came to his minister and he said the doctor had told him that he had a terminal illness. He had about six months to a year to live. And he said he realized he didn't have any spiritual resources to do battle with that kind of thing. So he was just frantic. But he came to the minister and he finally told him, he said, I guess there are just some things you can't borrow. And I guess that's true. For instance, we cannot borrow somebody else's character. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, what lies behind and what lies before is nothing compared to what lies within. You cannot borrow somebody's character. And you cannot borrow somebody's satisfaction. An Oriole king was very dissatisfied. And so he talked to a philosopher, and the philosopher said, all right, go out there and find the most satisfied man in your kingdom and wear his shirt for a while. Well, when they found the most satisfied man in the kingdom, they found he didn't have a shirt. He was too poor to have a shirt. You cannot borrow somebody else's satisfaction, and then you cannot borrow somebody else's faith. We often make this mistake. We think we can live on the faith of our parents or the faith of our spouses or the faith of the teacher or the faith of the preacher. And I guess the second-hand faith is better than none, but Jesus is not satisfied with that. He says, and you, who do you say that I am? Some people say that our generation is living off the spiritual capital of our parents' generation. In other words, we want the kind of world that we grew up in, many of us, a world of respect, a world of virtue, a world where women and children were treated well, a world where men tried to obey what they considered their conscience or the strong call of God in their lives. But the question is, we can't have this kind of world without a strong church. What are we doing to make our churches stronger? We can't have this kind of world without being serious about our prayer life. Are we praying and growing in our prayer life? We can't have this kind of world without growing in grace, growing in Christ. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? That's the question. And then the last thing has to do with this. We need to recognize the opportunity when it comes and seize it and seize it. There was a police cadet who was taking a test. The question was, what would you do if you had to arrest your mother? And his answer was, call for backup. He was very wise, and that is very true. But here were these five wise bridesmaids. They had not only oil, they had extra oil. You see, they were wise enough to seize the opportunity that they had before them. Mary of Orange was in the process of dying, so the chaplain came to talk to her about the things of eternity. But she said very quickly to him, she said, listen to me, I didn't leave the things of eternity to now. That's what I'm talking about, being prepared, being prepared and seizing the opportunity that is before you. That's what is being addressed to us right now. Are we prepared? Are we seizing the opportunity to know Christ that is before us in these moments? This is a significant parable. I hope we've paid attention. I hope we've heard the message. God bless us in the process as we prepare to receive him. Let us pray. Oh God, how thankful we are for parables and stories that illustrate such eternal truths. We know, oh God, that there are some things that can't be borrowed. There are some things we'll never receive if we're not prepared for. So help us, O oh God, to be open to your coming, open to your word, 
Open to your mind in our own minds. Thank you again for this time together. Bless those who are in this congregation. Keep them close to you and always close to their family. It's in your name. Amen. Thank you again for joining me for this worship experience tonight, and I pray you'll continue to join us and share it with your friends. Have a good evening. Lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. And I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together together wonderful to me here i am to worship here i am to bow down here i am to say that you're my god you're all together lovely all together Down into darkness.